coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. There can only be one thing that is the most important thing. And I think whether it's business, personal, professional, or relationship, I think we all can identify what is the most important one thing for you to do today or for you to do during this hour. Do you want to learn the tricks the top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help. Lead to Succeed picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Episode 12 of Lead to Succeed. This episode's interesting fact is crying makes you feel better, reduces stress, and may help keep the body healthy. I have a feeling that our guest today knows a thing or two about healthy living and how to put your emotions to work for you. Christopher J. Worth is the president and founder of No Quit Living. No Quit Living is a training, speaking, and coaching company that works with individuals, teams, and corporations to help motivate and inspire them to be the very best version of themselves. No Quit Living specializes in helping people not only understand, but maximize their success through accountability and self-accountability. Christopher is also the host of the top-rated podcast on iTunes titled No Quit Living. Our number one goal is to help motivate people to never give up on themselves and their dreams and goals. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine. So let's get the unscripted version, if we can, before we go any further. Tell Lead to Succeed Nation a little bit more about yourself, sort of your path, how you got to where you are today. That's about a seven-hour question. But, um, <laughs> you got about two minutes. I'm a uh, speaker, trainer, and coach by trade with No Quit Living, but I was a college tennis and college basketball player, and I also coached college basketball, high school basketball, as well as AU basketball, and I've always been, in essence, a coach. I have a coaching background as far as just who I am and my upbringing from sports, and I was a drama major and a business major in college, so I've always been in essence, on stage. But in 2011, I became certified through the first ever speaker training and coaching John Maxwell program down in Orlando, Florida, and I became hooked. And a couple of years later, I launched No Quit Living, the company. And in this past April, I launched the No Quit Living podcast. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been great as far as the opportunity to help others succeed. And from that, I've met great people like yourself, as well as so many other podcasters that have not only been on my show, but I've been extremely fortunate to be on their show. And the one thing we talk about at No Quit Living is accountability and self-accountability, as you mentioned in your intro. But one other thing we focus on is everybody's familiar with the phrase six degrees of separation. We believe at No Quit Living, it's one degree of separation and one degree to your greatness. And we often find that people look at whether it's a goal of losing 40 pounds or getting out of debt, and they look at that overall number or that overall goal. And I think it's a little bit of paralysis by analysis. What we talk about is it's often a one degree change where it's just tweaking your eating or saving $20 a week or $50 a week. And those little tweaks are the difference of being good versus great versus being unstoppable. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk to your listeners today. Oh, absolutely. And um, you're right. It was a seven-hour response. Not so much what you actually said, but the pieces that you put in there that we're going to need to unpack here, which was fantastic. So um, I would love, if I could, to go a little bit deeper on some of that, because uh, like I said, you really touched on a lot of points. But I want to start from 
that uh, experience, I think you said it was back in 2011 when you began the training with, with John Maxwell. I've got two questions for you. Number one, what prompted you to go that route? Obviously, you said you had been coaching athletics for a while. And number two, and we could you know, re- repeat this question a little bit later, what do you see as the similarities between coaching athletes and coaching clients? And where do you see the differences? Okay, that's about seven and a half hours there of questions. When I got initially interested in the John Maxwell program, it was for two things. Is, is Number one, I had always been a big fan of John's work. I've read a lot of his books, listened to his different programs, both audio as well as video. And I just loved that he talked about the leadership component. And at the time, I was working in the wealth management world and I was leading a team and I had junior partners and in essence was always coaching and training and was also doing quite a bit of speaking on stage for that business. So I selfishly got certified as a speaker, trainer, coach through the John Maxwell program because A, I believed in him and his work and B, I thought it would make me a better version of myself. And it was an unbelievable experience. I met some great people down there. Quite a few of them I still am in contact with today. And since then, they now do two of those trainings every single year, and they've grown in numbers almost three and four times the amount of people per event. And it's just amazing what John's doing. And to your second question, it's a it's a great question, and there are some some great overlap similarities, but there are also some differences. To me, the coaching world, whether you're coaching a team, whether you're coaching a sales organization, or whether you're, you're just coaching yourself, there's so many similarities between sports and business and even personal coaching in the sense that the discipline and the focus is exactly the same. So whether you're trying to be a better basketball player and working on your free throw shooting or working on your offense or your defense, the coaching and the discipline is pretty simple in the sense that you need to get in the gym and you need to work on improving that. And I think the similarities for the business world is the same, is you need to have the focus and the discipline. For example, if you're not seeing enough people, you need to get on the phone and prospect, or you need to get out and meet people. And same thing in the basketball world and the sports world is if you're not getting enough shots or in the baseball world, even if you're not hitting well, you need to get in the batting cage. You need to work on your hitting, whether it's being able to hit a changeup or a curve or just having a tough time keeping up with the fastball. But to me, the, the basics are, are so simplistic in the difference of a good athlete or a good business person versus a great business or person or a great athlete in the sense that you need to be focused and you need to be disciplined. And one of the things, as you mentioned in your introduction, is we talk about accountability and self-accountability all the time. And I think those two things are incredibly overlapping for both the sports world as well as the business world. And one of the things we talk about often is before a player can be accountable to a team or to his head coach and before a salesperson can be accountable to his sales manager, he or she needs to be self-accountable first. And I always talk about if there is a manager or a coach that holds you to a higher level of accountability than you hold yourself to, then you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter what he or she tells you. It doesn't matter what he or she shows you. You need to hold yourself to a higher level of accountability than anybody else does. And one of the things we talk about just a step further is every morning and every evening, need to take a hard look in the self-accountability mirror. And you might be able to lie or fib to a coworker or to somebody in your team. But when you look in that mirror, you can't lie to yourself. And that's where and why the importance of accountability and self-accountability, I think, are so important and invaluable in regards to taking somebody from a level of success to an ultimate level of success. Unbelievable. Lead to Succeed Nation. I hope you are jotting some, some notes down. This is 
fantastic insight from Chris. Uh, with your permission, though, Chris, I am going to push back just a little bit, and I wanted to get more clarification, if I could, on, on one specific point. My understanding is that when we talk about coaching uh, on the professional level, when we're talking about clients, it's very much client-driven, client-centric. And the coach's job to a large degree is to ask the right kinds of questions that are going to bring clarity and resolution from the client. And then, of course, like you said, hold the client accountable to all of those benchmarks that you establish. Whereas when you're talking about coaching athletics, my the, at least the, let's call it the traditional paradigm of, of, of what a coach looks like is, you know, holding that whistle, barking orders, sort of like leading by direction. So do you see that distinction is playing out? And if so, or if not, is it because you see that things are changing in the athletic world or do you think that things are changing on the other side? That's a good question. And I think we can probably take that a, a couple of different ways, but I, I do agree with what you said as far as a coach holding a whistle as opposed to an executive coach or the traditional professional coaching is it's not so much telling your client what to do. It's as, as you mentioned, it's asking those really great questions that make that person or individual or team really look at things a little bit differently. And I think one of the things that's different from executive coaching or professional coaching as opposed to athletic coaching is with athletic coaching, a lot of times there is a specific mission from a general manager or an owner of a team or the head coach where you need to work on, for example, your offense or your defense is really lacking. So there's a specific direction of we need to do X and Y, as opposed to with the coaching world professionally and or executive is it's not somebody telling you what to do. And I think you, you hit it on the head is it's asking those questions at the end of the day that individual, his or her level of success, I believe is going to be depicted upon them, not so much buying into it, but also really looking at it and taking a hard look at themselves. And I think that's the one thing I, I often talk about with coaching. And I think that's where there's a similarity is you don't always look to a coach for motivation or inspiration. I think a coach both on or off the court in and off a work environment should be obviously more motivational or inspirational than not. But if you're looking to that coach for just answers and if you're coming to practice or coming to work saying to yourself, look, I'm in a terrible mood. I hope that my coach or I hope my general manager or my sales manager really gets me excited. You're going to be in for a tough time. Now, it might work for a day or two or a practice or two, but the reality is you need to really become self-accountable. And with that direction, both from a head coach on the sports field, as well as in the executive or business world, is there is some of that ownership where it doesn't matter what he or she tells you or asks you at the end of the day, you need to really become accountable to yourself to make those significant differences. Mm, wow. Actually, it's very interesting because you said something in there. Um, I understood it or jotted it down as being open-ended vis-a-vis the professional coaching as opposed to the athletics. So in other words, you know, if you're talking about, for example, coaching a sports team, you understand that there are certain foundational elements, certain aspects to the game. And so you need to improve within those specific aspects. Whereas it's a much more open-ended process when you're talking about leadership and leadership coaching, because there's so many different areas potentially where a leader could improve, become more strategic, this kind of thing. And so I was thinking, you know, on the one hand, the paradigm or the, the thought process in the world at large would be, of course, a sports team needs a coach and it needs somebody who's going to guide and direct the players and, 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 and perform all those various tasks. But we often don't appreciate the role of a coach 
uh, in the other space because of the fact that we typically think we know what we're doing. But for, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like in many ways, a professional leadership or executive coach is even more important because there's oftentimes so many different ways that you can move forward with something. And unless you have a coach who's there who can listen intently, provide you with feedback and ultimately guidance, you won't really know which way to move forward. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you, that you mentioned that I've interviewed a lot of successful people from all walks of life on my show, and quite a few of them are coaches. And what they talk about is that they themselves have their own coaches. So it's not only important to to preach certain things, but I think in some ways it's more important to practice what you preach as well. Indeed. Yeah, I'm actually working with one right now to help me with some of my marketing and branding. So I think it's critical. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about that. You said you've interviewed quite a few people on your podcast. And of course, you've had many uh, professional uh, engagements with, with people. Tell me one of your favorite stories from the work that you do. It's a great question. And something that I get asked either directly or indirectly. One of the gentlemen that that I interviewed by was a gentleman by the name of Jeff Woods. Jeff Woods is a very successful podcaster himself. He's the host of the podcast, The One Thing. And The One Thing is a company that was established by Gary Keller, who is the co-founder of Keller Williams, which happens to be the number one real estate company in the world. And when Jeff was on my show, we had a very nice conversation before and after the actual interview. But during the podcast, he actually flipped the switch on me and put me on the spot And I really enjoyed it because what he asked me and what he was talking about was people always ask other people, how can I help you, right? So, hey, Chris, how can I help you? And most of the times people will respond with a pretty generic response. Oh, you know, I'd love to, you know, meet, meet other people and, you know, get my company out there, right? But what he talked about is, and he flipped the switch on me, he said, Chris, what is the one thing right now that you need the most help with? And I waited maybe a second or two. It was right after we launched our podcast. And I said, Jeff, that's a great question. I said, I want to get my podcast out to as many people as I can. And I want to get the best guest I can on my show. Within seconds, he turned around and said, that's great. Within two sentences, you were very specific in the one thing and the one most important thing. And and what he shared with me, I must have said probably a hundred times since then, is there can only be one thing that is the most important thing. And I think whether it's business, personal, professional, or relationship, I think we all can identify what is the most important one thing for you to do today or for you to do during this hour. And it's ironic because I was interviewing Jeff on my show and I was trying to provide value and share with my listeners. And the reality is I got so much information myself and I must have taken two or three pages of notes. So my my long-winded answer to your question is Jeff's very specific question of what is the one thing that is the most important thing you can do right now is something that, again, I've said probably a couple hundred times, not only in a professional way, but in a casual way as well. And it's something that I think we all can learn from because there can only be one most important thing. Well, absolutely. That is a very powerful question. So you know, Chris, what's coming next. And that is based off of all those conversations you've had and all the questions you've asked, what do you hear the most that people say is their most important one thing? You know, that is a tough tough question. And the reason being is I I interview people from all different walks of life. But from a business perspective, the answer very simple is getting enough qualified prospects and clients in and out of their door for a business side 
And from the podcasting world, very simple. The answer is making sure that I provide value in each and every one of my shows to my listeners so they keep coming back and wanting more. Those are the two most common things that that I've had in that regard. But there have been quite a few other people in different walks of life. But it's just a really simple question. And it's one of the things I, I'm fascinated with in regards to the whole no quit living theme, because as you mentioned in your intro and I touched on a little bit earlier was accountability and self-accountability. And the one thing fits absolutely perfect right in the middle of both self-accountability and accountability. Absolutely. So here's another one. I love picking up on what you say because, again, there's so much gold in these responses. Um, You talked about specifically with the podcast, uh, providing quality for your listeners and adding value. So, you know, for those listeners who are interested in starting their own podcast, obviously it would be great for them to hear some nuggets about how you do that specific to the podcast. But think a little bit more broadly, if you don't mind, and share with us uh, how can a person in general, as a leader, as a member of a team, think about and then deliver in terms of providing value for others? It's a great question. I think one of the things that we talked about on quite often on our show is the theme of paying it forward. And I think if you truly want to add value to others, if that's your true goal, then everything else comes after that. Meaning, if you said to me, Chris, I just am about to launch my podcast. I was wondering if you could give me 15, 20 minutes of your time. I would gladly give you 15, 20 minutes of my time. And the reason being is when I launched my podcast back in April, I was extremely fortunate to have some amazing mentors come into my life. A gentleman by the name of Bob Berg, who's a best-selling author. John Lee Dumas, who has, I believe, one of the best podcasts out there. Both of those gentlemen spent some time with me and they didn't do it because I offered them money. They didn't do it because they knew me. They didn't do it because they owed me anything. They did it because I professionally reached out to them and I said, I was wondering if I could pick your brain for a couple minutes at your time, at a time that works for you. And I had a very specific agenda. And my agenda was, my father always taught me early in life is don't try to recreate the wheel. What I mean by that is if there are other people that have done what you're trying to do prior to you and they've done it to a successful level, is it's okay to humbly ask them for some advice. And the best thing that I can tell you from doing these podcasts and and the coaching company, the speaking company, is that there have been some amazing people that have been willing to give me 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of their time. So what I try to do is I try to flip the switch and pay it forward in return. I don't talk about politics or religion often because you can start World War III, but what I do talk about is the religion of karma. And if you really honestly and truly want to help others be successful, you're going to be successful yourself in the end, not because of anything other than the fact is that if you pay it forward and do things for the right reasons, I believe it comes back tenfold to you. It might not be to you directly, it might be to you, a spouse, a friend, a child. But it reminds me of my all-time favorite quote ever by Zig Ziglar, which is, you can have anything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. Yeah, I've heard that quote from Zig, and that's awesome. You know, I can attest to a, a large part of what you said. First of all, I think we got to know each other from me reaching out to you and wanting to possibly uh, get onto your podcast. And we had that conversation. Hopefully that will happen down the road. But just your willingness to talk with me, somebody you didn't know, and uh, and have the conversation. And I'm sure if I would have asked you, as I asked others, including Bob, by the way, uh, who I've gotten a chance to communicate with uh, about how to create a great podcast 
I'm sure you would have shared that insight with me because uh, I remember I went through that process myself. I was thinking about starting a podcast. I'd actually guessed it on quite a few because of my book, Becoming the New Boss, which I launched back in August. So I wanted as many people as I could to hear about the book and its message and you know what I was trying to accomplish. And I got, I got smitten, I think, by the whole idea of podcasting and how possibly I could start to host and have conversations that I would lead uh, or engage with, you know, engage with, uh, so to speak. And I reached out to person after person, some I knew, some I didn't, most of whom had already hosted me, but not necessarily. And they all were willing to give me of their time, either directly or by recording their answers or typing them up and sending them to me. So I found that in this universe in particular, in the podcasting universe, but not exclusively so, uh, people who are successful typically are willing uh, to pay it forward and to share their wisdom and share their experience with, with others. So that's really, really neat. And I thank you for sharing that. No, it's it's unbelievable. And and the response that I've gotten myself personally from some people that I don't think I, I deserve to have an audience from is just really given me a, a second wind in essence of the fact that there are some amazing people out there that really and truly want to help others. Because like I said, the people that mentored me, you know, there was nothing for them specifically to gain. It was I think a very much one-way street on my end, and they were just so willing and giving of their time that it was just remarkable. And that's why, for me, it's always important to pay it forward for all the right reasons. Absolutely. So coming back to what we talked about before, I know you're, you have this very strong background in athletics and athletic coaching. Can you share a lesson, Chris, um, that you have picked up specifically from the sports world. You know, we often use the military athletics and certain other, certain other uh, areas in our lives as metaphors for healthy living, cohesiveness, things like that. Any particular lesson from your experience, either as an athlete or as a coach that you think transfers well to the boardroom? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a simplistic answer, but it comes down to, to the name of our company, which is no quit living. And I have one very specific story that that's followed me for many, many years now. And it's something that I talk about often, not only when I'm speaking on stage, but also in a boardroom or if I'm talking to two or three salespeople is I was coaching a boys AU basketball program. We had one of the top teams in the country that year and we were just in a tough, tough game and we were down by 18 points at halftime. And I remember walking into the locker room and the guys were dejected, their heads were down and their body language was just, was just very flat. And, and you could tell that if they were boxers, you would have probably said, it looked like they had been punched three or four times pretty hard and looked like they were about to throw in the white towel. And for some reason I walked into that locker room and the first thing I said was, we're going to win this game. I don't know exactly why I said it. I don't know exactly what made me say it. But as I said it, the guys looked up at me and I could tell that I had their attention. I probably had their attention for the wrong reasons in the sense that they probably said, all right, why is coach saying this? Maybe he, uh, maybe he took a drink or something, uh, heading into the locker room. But I looked at the guys and I said, we're going to win this game under two reasons. And those two reasons have to be is we're going to buy into this together as a team. And the second is we're going to come back and win this game, play by pay, possession by possession. And we came out and we ended up winning that game and it was a great comeback. And the reason I share that story is that story has translated into so many different areas of my professional and business life, not so much in a wins or loss, but more along the lines of there's an opportunity where it didn't look like you were going to get that client or there's an opportunity where you weren't going to get that podcast guest or you weren't going to get meet that deadline. 
But what you can't do is you can't give up and you have to be very specific into your discipline and you have to have a very specific plan of attack and then move forward and almost have that checklist where each possession or each day or each phone call or each meeting, you're checking something off so you get closer to not only accomplishing, but hopefully surpassing your goal. Wow. So I'm going to stay there and I'm going to ask you one final question for now. I'd like to pick up if I could on the last point that you talked about, because the underlying message I picked up was to, you know, defy the odds, so to speak, not give up, keep pushing ahead, believe in each other. And so we talked about No Quit Living before your podcast and the tremendous success you have enjoyed in a relatively short period of time. You launched, you said, in April, and here we are uh, recording this towards the end of November, and you're already, you know, I found you because uh, someone had listed you as uh, one of the top business podcasts out there. And obviously that's a tremendous achievement in a short period of time, which gives people like me hope, no question. But my question to you is how did you, you know, there's so many podcasts out there. How did you ascend so quickly? And specifically, what was it about your attitude in particular that allowed you to achieve this goal so rapidly? It's a great question. And I've been asked that probably 15 times just since the article came out last week. But very specific in the sense that I spoke to those Bob Bergs and John Lee Dumas and a lot of those people that were very successful at doing it. And what I did was I shut my mouth and I opened up my ears and I took out a pen and I listened. And I took advice from people that had done it. Again, to my point earlier about my father teaching me at an early age, you don't try to recreate the wheel. And what I did was I had very specific goals of how I wanted my podcast to look, to sound, to feel. I also had very specific goals in regard to the guest I wanted to have. And I think I'd like to believe that every single episode, you get better at asking the questions and you get better at telling the story. And I think it's a skill being interviewed as well as interviewing somebody and getting more out of maybe that guest that they thought or maybe that you thought was out there. But the one thing that I ask every single person on my show is the first one or two questions is if they could share their no quit story or their story about perseverance where perhaps they had an extremely challenging time that tested them, but they didn't quit and they kept on going. And there have been many, many of these guests that I knew personally before, and I didn't know their no quit story. And that's been the one thing a good friend of mine said to me, he said, Chris, you know, I want to share something. Every single podcast I listen to, I connect in some way, shape or form. It might not be the exact same because it might be a male versus female, an entrepreneur versus an employee. But what he said to me next was really interesting. He said, you interview people from all different walks of life and every single one of them was tested and tried, but they didn't give up and they share their reasons why and they share their stories and they share the skills and they share the different things that they did while they were being tested. And that's my number one goal and objective with each and every show is to motivate and inspire our listeners to never give up on themselves. And by listening to other people's real stories and being interviewed by them and being the interviewee in some ways, you just get a chance to share these incredible stories. And I'd love to say it was it was all me, but it's definitely not all me. I have a great team with me, behind me, in front of me, next to me that helps with all the process. And I had an intern for a while that was very that was very good at getting some some big time guests. So I'd I'd love to say it was one thing specifically, but it was a a consistent plan of attack. And the one thing is you always need to be willing to change, to tweak, and learn. And I think to my credit, I'm always got my pen out and my ears are open. And I'm always trying to learn from people. And I think my father taught me something else: is you can always learn from everybody. And I've really tried to take that to heart with my show. 
what a beautiful way to end this segment, Chris. And I, you talked about changing and, and transitioning as needed. So we're going to transition now to our rapid fire segment. Shorter answers here, but give us a little bit, lift the curtain, give us a little bit of a sense of Chris, the person, as opposed to necessarily the coach and the professional. So I know you've coached a lot. What's your favorite sport to play? Basketball. An exercise regimen that everyone should try. CrossFit. CrossFit. Okay. And we did, by the way, lifting the curtain a little bit more, Chris and I talked about his schedule uh, in our conversation about his tremendous uh, commitment to exercise, which was very inspiring for me. On a scale of one to 10, how goofy are you? 20. (laughs) Great answer. And finally, favorite hobby that isn't sports or exercise related? Movies. Okay. So now I'm going to hand the floor to you, give you an opportunity to help lead to succeed nation where they could reach you, Uh, a little bit more about your work perhaps that you didn't share already. And uh, then we'll have one final segment. I appreciate that. So the best way they can find me is on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash noquitliving or our website, which is noquitliving.com. We've also just recently got engaged with Instagram and Twitter, and we're trying to build our following there as well. And one of the things that we're excited about heading into 2018 is we are working on our first book and we're working on a accountability planner, which is, I guess the best way to describe it is a journal calendar and a planner all in one. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to to share our no quit story on amazing podcasts like yours and to be able to connect with individuals like you. And the one thing I always tell people is if, if anybody's interested in connecting with me on a personal side, I return every single email on a professional side. I will return every single email as well. And my personal email is chris at noquitliving.com. Again, that's chris at noquitliving.com. And if anyone's looking for a dynamic speaker, we are looking to increase our keynotes as well. Awesome. So Lead to Succeed Nation, you're going to check out the show notes. All of that information will be included Definitely keep Chris on your radar and connect with him. He's got, as you could, I'm sure you could tell by now, a tremendous amount to share. And I'm sure that the value is only going to go deeper over time. So Chris, before you go, leave us please with one final life lesson. Awesome question. So for me, one of the things that I'm passionate about is helping inspire other people. And one of the things in my work for the last 15 years professionally is I've realized that in life, many people are going to quit on you. And that's not in any way, shape, or form a negative spin on anything. That's just the reality. What, and the reason I share that is, is other people are going to quit on you, whether that's business, professional, relationship, could be a spouse, could be a significant other. But you can never quit on yourself. And that's something that I can't stress enough is you can never quit on yourself. And one quote I'd like to leave your listeners with is by Albert Hubbard. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes. Positive anything is better than negative nothing. And I must have read that quote probably two or three years ago. And that's been a huge mantra in my day and day life in the sense of my three amazing young children is I always try to be positive as opposed to being negative. And the one thing we can control is our attitude. You can't control a boss. You can't control a significant other. And you can't obviously control the weather. But what you can control is your attitude. And again, I think positive anything is better than negative nothing. Beautiful. I love that quote. That's fantastic. Today's leadership quote is, management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Peter Drucker. Chris, thanks again so much for coming on the show with us today. We learned a tremendous amount from you. I'm really hopeful that Lead to Succeed Nation will find ways to connect with you further 
and I personally have gained tremendously from our conversation. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you could lead to succeed. Don't forget to pick up your copy of Becoming the New Boss on Amazon. Learn more about the book at becomingthenewboss.com. If you already got your copy, be sure to leave comments and rate it on Amazon. Thank you again and have a great day.